uh, of Grapevine is healthy. A lot of the neighbors know us now. I, I've had a privilege and the opportunity to meet many of them. Some of them were serving alongside us on Thanksgiving, and uh, we've had others coming. So God is doing something already. You know what I look at this? This is the exact same thing I went through when I became the director at the rescue mission. You know what I see this is? As an opportunity to get to know our city leaders and our neighborhood. Because if you invite the neighbors to come, they just won't come. But you invite them to something like this, they'll all show up. And then, they, and then they get to see us. And then they get to know us. And then they get to love us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Happy Christmas. Where's my slide? Where's my header slide there, Dave? Put the big one up there, the number one slide. A.K.A. Jesus. That is the name of this sermon series that I'm starting. Now, don't, you're all looking at me like, oh, man, you just blasphemed the name. No, I did not. Also known as Jesus. Do you know that Jesus has many names? Yes. He has a lot of names. So under all these names that the Lord has that, he, that is part of his character, he's also known as Jesus, right? Yes. So the next four weeks, we're going to, except for next week, obviously, because we have Rod Carlson and Living Logos coming. That's going to be a wonderful time. If you've never been part of their ministry, you need to come and be a part of that. It's, it's just incredible the way these people memorize books of the Bible. Now, I got a verse here and there. They memorize whole books of the Bible. You'll walk away feeling a little convicted, I guarantee it. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that, amen? But we're going to be talking about this, this topic about Jesus and his names because it's Christmas. I love Christmas, and, and what a great time to talk about our Savior who was born in a manger. And, and I want to take my text for the next few weeks out of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, okay? And I brought this to you in the NIV for a reason that you'll understand in just a minute. Normally, I stick to the New King James because it's kind of middle of the road. It kind of, kind of almost makes everybody happy. But, you know, I'm really not in the, in the, in the deal to make all y'all happy. I want to make Jesus happy, okay? Yeah, you guys aren't mad at me for that, right? You want a pastor that makes Jesus happy. But the NIV reads this way. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called, say it with me, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Guess what my next four sermons are going to be titled? Yeah, you're sharp. You're pretty sharp. So let me pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to preach in this season, God, the Christmas season. Thank you for the opportunity to be counted as a man of God, to be able to stand in this pulpit. Though I am not worthy, the anointing of God rests on me today, Lord, to help me to teach and to preach the Word of God. I pray that every one of us would be edified by the teaching of the Word of God and leave this place a little closer to our Savior than when we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, this, this verse is a prophecy of the coming, coming Messiah given hundreds of years before he was ever even born. And it tells us that Jesus has some pretty amazing names, right? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God everlasting Father, and I can't wait to get to, to sermon number four, Prince of Peace, because I'm about to unleash, God's about to unleash something on this church concerning that name and that, and that, and that title that Jesus carries. But, but for the next few weeks, I'm going to look at these things in detail. We're going to just kind of walk through these names, if you will. And the Old Testament, you know, is, is full of names, and I've, I've threatened the church, and I'm working on some stuff, because I, I really want to bring a teaching uh, this next year on the names of Jesus or on the names of God. But let me just, let me just list a few out so in, in anticipation.
anticipation, understanding that, that, that there, is, there are many names and it's always a.k.a. Jesus. I mean, it's always a.k.a. God. It's always God behind these names that we see in Scripture. And number one is El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty, El Elyon, the, the Most High God, Adonai, Lord or Master. How about Jehovah, the Great I Am, Jehovah Nisi. So when you see that Jehovah as a prefix before the suffix, it's always the great. So the great banner, the Lord my banner, Jehovah Ra, the Lord my shepherd, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals, Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord our righteousness, Jehovah M. Kadeskum, that was an easy one for me to say, the Lord who sanctifies you, El Olam. Yeah, I didn't say that one right. The everlasting God, Elohim, the one true God. I want you to know that this, this version of the word, this, this translation is found in Genesis, and it actually is pluralized. It's speaking of the Trinity, in case you wondered if there was really three gods in one, just, just so you know. Genesis, where are we at? Kana. Jealous. He is a jealous God. Jehovah Jireh. Who needs a Jehovah Jireh? He will provide. Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Sabbat, the Lord of hosts. Many, many, many names. And there's, there's dozens of more names that I want to get with, with you about this coming year. But I just wanted to set up today that, that I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the names of our Savior. I'm talking about the one true God. I'm talking about turning this heater down because it's 73 degrees in this place. And you just had me jumping in worship and I had a jacket on for most of that. I'm like, what is wrong with me? But today, today Jesus is our wonderful counselor. Now listen, in some translations, these two titles are separated with a comma. Like in the New King James, it says wonderful, comma, counselor. The translators believe this, that each title should be looked at separately. Other translations like the NIV, that's why I chose it. It brings the two words together. Wonderful counselor. What we need to understand, family, is a little teaching for you. In the original Hebrew language, there is no punctuations. We added all that stuff. The translators, the Bible translators added the punctuations. I do believe that Jesus is wonderful. Come on, somebody. That He is the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. He is the Creator of the universe. I believe that. He is the name above every other name. And at the sound of that name, every knee will bow. And every tongue will what? Confess that He is Lord. Come on. Jesus is Lord. And I know that He's wonderful. But today, today, I want to talk to you about Him being our wonderful counselor. Most of the times I put the comma in there because I need both. But today, I need some wonderful counseling, don't you? A little later in the book of Isaiah, in chapter 11, verse number 2, it says this, that the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. I mean, really? I mean, think about that. The spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, and fear of the Lord is all tied up. In Jesus, 
The Bible talks about wisdom in all kinds of places throughout Scripture, and I want to give you two just to kind of to set up where I'm going today. And number one, it's Proverbs chapter number one, verse five. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Psalm 33, verse 11, the counsel of the Lord stands forever, and the plans of his heart to all generations. You know, counseling is at an all-time high, even within the body of Christ. There are millions of Christians seeking counseling outside Christian counseling. We have people like Dr. Phil. We got Dave Ramsey. We got Oprah Winfrey. We got Howard Stern trying to give us advice on how to live. And every once in a while, he'll throw a Jesus curveball at you like he knows what he's talking about. I don't know if he does or not, to be honest with you. I'm not his judge. All I know is I'm not seeking advice from Howard Stern today. And there's nothing wrong with seeking advice. There's nothing wrong with seeking counseling, especially when you have a, a specific need. Some people's some people's hurts run deep. They're, they're from childhood. They're, they're things that, that people should never even have to deal with in life. They're, they're, they're wrongdoings that have, have been put on their life that, that they did not deserve. And there's some things that need to be uprooted. But we can't forget, you know, the Bible encourages counseling, but we can't forget that we have access to the most wonderful counselor of all time. And his name is Jesus. That's what I want to talk. I'm not, I'm not discounting outside counseling. I'm not putting that thing, I'm not putting that aside. Some people, I, I've thought at times I need it because you know me, right? <laughs> Mike knows me. Sometimes I need counseling, huh, brother? But Jesus, Jesus. So what makes Jesus a wonderful counselor? What makes him so incredible? You know, I could, I could stand here and I could list characteristics all morning long, but I'm a preacher, so I'm going to give you three, okay? Number one, he understands your struggles. Jesus understands what you're going through. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus gets it. Jesus understands he's been down the road. He can relate to you. You know, sometimes when you're going through a tough time and, and somebody says, oh, I understand, sometimes that just feels so empty because unless a person has actually been through what you're going through, I mean, they mean well and they, and they want to understand. They're there for you. I'm not saying that's bad. Don't, don't, don't stop doing that. But, but, but sometimes it falls on empty ears and empty hearts and, and you think, you really thank you, but you don't get it. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been there? Can I tell you, Jesus has been there, done that. At all points, he was tempted, yet he was without sin. That's why he's our high priest that can sympathize with us. He knows exactly what you're going through. And when you come to him with your needs, he can focus on the issue. He can meet you in the center of your problem. He can meet you in the center of your heartache because he knows your heart. He knows your mind. You're only telling me part of it, but Jesus knows all. He knows the history of it. 
He knows the real hurt that caused it. He knows, he knows all those things. And you can lay on Dr. Phil's couch all day long, and he, may not, he might not ever. All he'll say is, how does that make you feel? <laughs> like punching you in the nose, Dr. Phil. That's how it makes me feel. But Jesus, you know, he's our comforter at the same time. He'll, he'll, drug, he'll drug up those feelings. He'll drudge them up out of you, and, and you just feel comforted about it. You don't want to punch Jesus in the nose. Uh, maybe every once in a while you feel like it because you don't know why you're going through what you're going through, right? I'm just kidding about punching Jesus in the nose, okay? Has you, ha, oh. and, and, and so Ephesians chapter 4, look at this. It says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time. Listen, that word boldly, it, it doesn't mean cocky. It doesn't mean I'm coming in, Lord. It's not, it's not what it's talking about. It means that you come no matter how much you hurt, no matter how much you feel like you, you're not worthy of coming. Come boldly. Put, put your stuff aside and just, just come in. It doesn't mean come on in. Hey, Jesus, what's up, homie? Jesus, listen, Jesus is not your homeboy. He's your Savior. He's the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He's all that in a bag of chips. He's got all by himself. Listen, have you ever been betrayed? He has. Have you ever been wrongly accused? He has. Have people ever gossiped about you? Have you ever suffered physical pain? Have you ever been afraid? Have you ever felt that you've reached your bottom and there's no way up? Jesus understands. Jesus went through all those feelings. The Bible tells us in in John chapter 1 that the Word became flesh and that He dwelt among us. He became like you and me. Pinch yourself. It It hurts Jesus when He pinched Himself too when He was in the... At all points, He was tempted. Yeah, but He was God. I don't care. He still had the same heart. He still had the same temptations. He still had the same trials you, you and I had, yet he didn't sin. He stayed close to the Father. He was fully human like you and me. And he knows how mean people can be. He knows how rough life can get. Anybody here ever sweat drops of blood? Not too many. Jesus knows your struggles. Number two, he cares for you. What makes him such a wonderful counselor? Because he cares. He really cares for you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Throw that stuff on Jesus. You know, some counselors only care as long as you can pay the bill. Am I lying? Not Jesus. He cares about you as a person. He cares about your walk. He cares about the outcome of your life. Matter of fact, he has this whole plan set up for you, and he cares that it is accomplished in your lifetime. He cares about that stuff. He cares about your character. He cares about your well-being. He cares about your spiritual and emotional health. He cares about the pain that you suffer. And he says that you, listen, some of you need to hear this right now, you are valuable and you are worthy. That's what he says about you. I don't care what the other people said about you. The man told me I should lock you up and throw away the key. 
I had a third grade teacher tell me, you're rude, crude, and socially unacceptable. I won't tell you why he said that. He was probably right at that time. But we hear those things growing up, and we hear people who, are, who mean well, and, oh, just do the right thing. Well, I don't know how. Matthew chapter 6, verse 26 says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bars, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they are? Aren't you more valuable than the pigeons that eat the food bank leftovers out here in the courtyard. Yes, you are. I love those pigeons. Those are, we call them Pastor Tiny's Pigeons because they're just here. And the thing about those pigeons is they eat up everything we drop and they don't really leave too much behind. So I'm really grateful about that. They're kind of respectful in that regard. But you're more valuable than the pigeons. You're, you're more valuable than those things. God thinks so. God created you. He thinks you have worth. And he and listen, he, he thinks that you're worth it all. That's why he sent Jesus. He cares so much that he'll help you with your problems. He'll, he'll help you to deal with stuff. He'll help you to, to get by. He'll help you to weather the storm. I think about when, 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 the, when, the, when the disciples were out on the boat and Jesus down there sleeping in the pillow. And the storm rised up. They were freaking out, man. What did the first thing Jesus do? He stopped the storm. Then he rebuked him, oh, ye of little faith. But can I tell you, the first thing Jesus cares about is the storm in your life. He's really not too worried about rebuking you. He's really not too worried about calling out your sins. He's not too worried about pointing you out and putting you on front street. He's he's more worried about the things that you're walking through, the the trials that you're going through. He's more worried about about the brokenness that you experience on a day-in and day-out basis. He's more worried about the people that you love who are dying and going to hell. He's more worried about your loved ones who are sick. And without, without an intervention of the Holy Ghost in Jesus Christ, there is no hope. That's the Jesus. That's the counselor I'm talking He cares for you. Man, I want to get that point home, Mr. Mike. I just feel like somebody needs to hear it. You know why I sat there years ago, sitting in the church, just feeling like I'm not worth a... Yeah, I can't say those words. I can't even think those words. I can't even come up with anything. But I just felt like I was... Trash. I felt like I, I was unworthy. I felt like I didn't belong. You know what I'm, but, it, but at the same time, it felt like the, the only place I ever did belong. I came into the church and I felt like this is the only place I ever felt like I belong, but I don't feel like I belong because I'm not worthy. And I sat there in that chair and I let Jesus counsel me. And I let the people of God around me love on me, even though I wasn't used to that. I kind of hugged like this. Just in case you're going to get a little weird, bro. Huh? You are a little weird, yeah. Have you ever heard people say that God helps those who help themselves? Yeah. What a bunch of hogwash. The truth of the matter is that when you've reached your bottom, God helps those who can't help themselves. You know, the bottom is a really good place to be. It really is. If you find yourself sinking in despair, if you find yourself sinking in a pit of hopelessness, man, 
let yourself fall. Listen to me. Just let go. Hit that bottom and fall into the waiting arms of Jesus Christ. The more we resist letting go, the more, the more we resist hitting that bottom, the longer we're just hanging on and our feet are dangling and we're like, Lord, where are you? God says, I'm right here. All you got to do is let go. I'm ready to catch you right where you are. Because he cares for us. Deeply, he deeply loves you. Matthew eleven twenty eight. he said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are beat down and broken and destroyed and distraught. All you who feel like you have no hope, all you who have lost the joy, all you who are walking around without peace, come to me. Listen, family. I sat down and I watched a really funny video the other day with a bunch of people I care about. And we laughed so hard I almost wet myself. I'm (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It was, but my joy doesn't come from there. My joy comes from the Lord. Here's my last point. He speaks to you. Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with each of us. Listen, relationships demand conversation. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. This verse tells me that Jesus is speaking to me. How do I know his voice unless he's speaking to me? He's always speaking to me. And if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, he, he is committed to you and he talks to you. It's like the joke my pastor used to tell. Honey, why don't you ever tell me you love me? Well, babe, I told you when I married you I loved you. And if anything changed, I'd tell you about it, okay? <laughs> no, every day you have to tell people you love them. Every day Jesus is whispering in your ear, I love you. Come to me. How does Jesus speak to us today? How, how does Jesus talk to us today? I, I've got three, but before we get to those, I just want to give you a few others that I didn't pencil out. Prayer. He speaks to us through prayer. Worship. Man, he spoke to us today during this set of worship. He speaks to us in dreams and in visions. He speaks to us through peace, and we'll talk about that in a few weeks when we get to the Prince of Peace. He speaks to us in a still, small voice. Listen, he speaks to us in coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence. I remember when we were praying about and we felt like God was moving us from our first first church, the church that we planted. We were there five years, built the church up to about 100, and now God's saying it's time to go. And I'm like, I don't want to. It's just starting to get good. You know, it's it's time to go. And I'm walking through the food bank. I've always been doing food banks, people. Always been doing food banks. I'm walking through the food bank. I've been going there every week for five years, picking up food. And this guy who works there, but I've only seen maybe half a dozen times before, never said two, two words to me before. He's walking by this way, and I'm walking by. He said, hey, even Elijah knew when the brook was dry, and he just kept on going. I'm like, what? Stop me in my tracks. I could hardly get my food that day. I had to go home. I was weeping. God had just spoke to me in a coincidence. No such thing as coincidence. God speaks to us through the Bible. Through the Bible, Psalm 119, 100, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Man, if you're not reading this, you're not hearing from God as much as you could be. 
Have you ever had a verse that you read a thousand times, just jump on the pa- off the page and sucker punch you right in the gut? Man, I love that. It hurts, but I love it. That's God speaking to you through his word. How about through the Holy Spirit? He speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, However, when we die, the Spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. If you say, I've never heard the Holy Spirit speak to me, let me ask you a question. Have you ever done something wrong and felt guilty about it? That's the Holy Spirit. Have you ever read a verse of Scripture, or not read, but just had one come to your mind? That's the Holy Spirit bringing Scripture to your remembrance. It's trying to tell you something. Have you ever thought about a family or friend member and wondered what they were doing? You haven't talked to them in years. That's the Holy Spirit prompting you to pray for them or or to send a card or to make a call or, or, or just to go visit or write a letter. That's the Holy. He is still speaking today. There's some churches that teach that, that the Holy Spirit was for the book of Acts. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is alive now. Matter of fact, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. It's the Holy Ghost who's here. Oh, I can't start preaching now. It's time to wrap this up. And he speaks to us finally through the church. Oh, you don't want to hear this one. Do you know that the church is the world's largest support group? Every single person in this room has problems. Turn to the person on your left and say, you've got problems. Turn to the person on your right and say, you've got problems. Now turn to Jesus and say, i got problems. You were really good at that one. We don't want to front nobody off. But don't you feel better now? You just kind of confess. We talked about confession last week. That was cool. We're all just a... We're all just fellow knuckleheads. Listen, we're just all fellow knuckleheads trying to make it through and give God glory. And I know I just offended somebody because I called you a knucklehead. Well, the truth hurts, so I'm talking about myself. Listen, you could probably hear that back there. I'm hard-headed. I thought about putting a sign out front. There's no perfect people allowed. No perfect people allowed in this building. If you're looking for a perfect church, it stopped being one when you came in the door. Because I was already here. Listen, the church is to be a community where people can be open and honest about their struggles. Why do we hide behind our Christian masks? Why do we put on Christian faces, man? You remember how broken you were when you came in and you made that, that long walk down the aisle to give your life to Jesus or you raised your hand and you were, you were weeping and snot was all over the place? You didn't give a lick what nobody thought about you. And we didn't care what you looked like when you were doing that. Nothing's changed on my side. I don't care what you look like. I don't care if you snot up the floors every time we get together. Matter of fact, my prayer is, God, let us be a snotty church. That's funny, but I mean it. Thank you. This is the place we're supposed to be able to come together and work our problems out. Right here. This is supposed to be the safe place, the safe zone. We all need a safe zone. Some of you don't even have a safe zone at home because you're 
your loved ones aren't saved. They don't, they don't walk the walk that you walk yet, yet, yet. This is the safe place. Did you know that Moses had a big problem? <laughs> okay, he had a few. But back when he was leading the nation of Israel through the wilderness, he was wearing himself out. He was busy, 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 busy. And Jethro, his father-in-law, came to him to give him some advice. And, and here it is. I'm going to read it to you out of, out of the Message Bible. It says, now listen to me. Let me tell you how to do this so that God will be with you in this. Be there for the people before God, but let the matters of concern be presented to God. Your job is to teach them the rules and instructions to show them how to live, what to do. And then you need to keep a sharp eye out for competent men. As I'm reading this, understand, this is my job. You're just men and women. For competent men and women who fear God, people of integrity, people who are incorruptible, and appoint them as leaders over groups organized by thousands. Come on, somebody. By hundreds, by fifties, and by ten. Do you know what Moses did? You know what Moses He listened. He took his father-in-law's advice. I just thought of another way the Holy Spirit... Or the, God speaks to us through our in-laws. No, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. But listen, in closing here, Proverbs 15, verse 22 says, Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. When someone gives you good advice, godly advice, talk about it. Seek out godly Christians. Seek out... People who love the Lord, whose, whose life honors God. Seek out two or three of them and ask them questions. The church is here to help you be successful. To be successful in your walk. God can use believers to speak to you in your life. And when he does, listen. Listen. If it lines up with the word of God and it acknowledges something in your spirit, then listen to it. They care for you. Let me go back to that thought of, of, re, of a personal relationship with Jesus. We started reading in John chapter 10 a second ago. It was verse 27. Let me read that again in verse 28. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Did you know that when you commit yourself to God, he commits himself to you? When you give yourself to him, he promises that he'll hold on to you, and nothing can snatch you out of his hand. You need to circle in your Bible those words, neither shall or, or no one, your translation may say, can snatch them out. When God says no one, he means no one. Paul knew this. In Romans 8, 38, he says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. Then any other created... Can I tell you something? Satan was created. Satan was not just always was and always will be like God. Satan is a creation of God, a fallen angel. So any other created... We give Satan too much credit. Satan made me do it. No, no, he can't do that nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. Nobody, no thing, no devil in hell can pull us out of the hand of Jesus. So if nothing can separate us from the love of God, 
Where's our heart right now? Because if, he, if you have committed yourself to him, he's committed himself to you. Let me give you another challenge. I'm in a challenge mode lately. This week, make an appointment with the wonderful counselor. Jesus. Take some time and sit at his feet. Open up your heart and tell him what's going on in your life. He will love you through it. Believe me, there's no heartache that he cannot heal. There's no problem that he cannot solve. Because he is the wonderful counselor. A.K.A. Jesus. That's my Jesus. With every head bowed. I know most of you. And I know that you love the Lord. But I wonder today if there's anyone here that needs a counselor in their life. I wonder if there's someone here today who's never given their life to Jesus. Who is afar from him and just not sure what tomorrow looks like. Are you here today? If, if you're here today and you say, you know, I, I want to know Jesus. I, I want to know this wonderful counselor. I, I want a different kind of life. Would you just raise your hand? Say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Would there be anybody else that say, you know, I'll do this. I'll, I'll make Jesus my Lord and Savior. I'll make him my counselor. Praise God. And we're going to pray a prayer in a minute for you, sweetheart. You can put your hand down. So now you're here, and you would say, you know, Pastor, uh, life's been difficult at times, and I have not turned to Jesus as the wonderful counselor. And you'd say, you know, I just need him in my life right now. I need, I need more of Jesus. I need a counseling session, a one-on-one with Jesus. Just raise your hand. My hand's already up. And for that, for that one that raised their hand to receive Jesus as her Lord and Savior, can we just pray this prayer together? Sweetheart, pray this prayer with us today. You'll be introduced to him. Say, Jesus, I love you. You died for my sins. And I accept your forgiveness. Help me to be alive in you today for the rest of my life. In your name I pray. And Lord, for those of us who have our hands up, we just pray that we would find time this week to sit in your presence. If we need advice, if we're struggling with an area, if we're in, the, in a crisis mode of making a decision, Lord, I feel your, pres- your spirit would just remind us that we need to seek out peace during that time. That's how you speak to us, through peace, is when there's peace in a decision, then you're in it. So, Lord, as we leave this place and we prepare ourselves for the world we're about to go in, let us be remembered, (laughs) reminded 
that we're no longer of this world. This is not our final destination. We are aliens on this planet, on our way to a better place. Help us to love people on the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you.